Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. Uh, My name is Chris Martin. I'm the lead pastor here at Fathom, and we are on part three of our little mini series on Fathom Academy called Meet the Staff, where uh, we are chatting with each of our staff members, uh, really because um, in light of COVID and quarantine and kind of having in person, but kind of online still. Um, and in light of having three new staff members in the last six months, we thought, hey, even if you've seen these people, you may not know much about them. Uh, and maybe you've not even met some of them. So uh, we've covered Kyle and Whisper. And today we are uh, moving to our third and final meet the staff with our friend Amanda, who is our worship leader here at Fathom. So Amanda, thanks for talking with us for a little bit here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Nothing like a mic recording in a room with nobody and it will be heard by people later. Sounds a lot like our last three or four months together. Right. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> That's all we've done. And so uh, so this is going to be fun. Uh, I, we really just want to hear a little bit about you, you know, dig into some, you know, deep, dark secrets and and hopefully expose you to the world so that uh, <laughs> no longer are you the mysterious singer worship leader, uh, but you become Amanda to the whole church. Uh, so that's my hope this morning. Glad that you're with us. Let's let's just start with this. I mean. Really, uh, I know you, uh, we've, we've spent enough time together now that we've been on staff and kind of, uh, all of that, but would you, would you kind of give a little biographical sketch for the church members? Like, where are you from? How were you, uh, where were you raised? How did you get to, to Denver? I mean, those sorts of things just bring us, I mean, nutshell biographical sketch. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Grand Junction or at least around that area. Um, more specifically, Mesa, Colorado, which is a teeny tiny town where um, like we don't even have four way stops. It's just a two way. Um, just a two way stop. Just two way stops. So then somebody's bound to crash into you. <laughs> I mean, stop signs. You OK, know. well, yeah, okay. no, no blinky lights. No blinky I mean, lights. This, isn't, this is not in my world. OK. Disney's cars. This is not radiator <laughs> Springs with a blinky light. This is like no, no light. Yes. Okay. Like we do currently have a coffee shop there and it is literally called blink because if you blink, you'll miss it. Oh, that's cute. Right. It's cute. Yes. Now it's the a, question is, is the coffee any good at blink? It's, it's okay. Okay. We'll talk about coffee. It I is think the best in town. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's high accolades for blink. Next time you're in Mesa, check out blink this, this episode sponsored by Mesa by Co- <laughs> blink coffee in Mesa. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. So I am a total pastor's kid and I was homeschooled. So I am the nerd um, did I offend you with my homeschool joke the other week? Oh man, to the core. <laughs> no, for real. I totally get that there are stereotypes associated with those and your stereotype portrayal was on point. Okay. And I take pride in not fitting with that stereotype. <laughs> and you don't strike me as the homeschooled type. I don't think you make your own clothes, but I could be mistaken. I definitely do not <laughs> okay. make my own clothes. I'm just digging myself a hole. I'll just say, we just decided we're going to homeschool Harper this year. So it's like, Way to now, go. I'm, now I'm the butt of my own joke. So, I mean, there's a homeschool dad that I was talking to one time and he said the best kind of parent is a homeschool parent. And I think what he meant by that was 
no matter where your kid is being educated, you should be involved in your kid's education. Yeah, there's probably a, a little part of all of us that should be homeschooling in some way. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. raised homeschool PK, so pastor's kid. Yeah. So for the majority of growing up, he wasn't necessarily the the lead pastor. He just filled more of like a deacon or kind of elder-ish type role. Cool. Um, which helped with not having to also fall into that stereotype as much. Um, but still it's a small enough church to where like all eyes are on you. You're mm-hmm. still under that pressure of being able to behave right and uh represent your family well, represent Christ well, and it's just a lot of pressure. Um thankfully that didn't deter me. And I was able to just have an awesome relationship with Jesus growing up. I was saved at a really young age and just had a great discipleship process Mm. Um, and just have always had a heart for being in ministry in some capacity, whether that was vocational or just volunteer. Yeah, that's cool. So now uh, when did you move from the Grand Junction area to really the Front Range? I moved the very first weekend of 2019. Oh, okay. So, you, so it's not been that long. I, I, I mean, I knew that, but, uh, but what brought, so what brought you here? Like what, what, what was like, you know what? I'm just, I got to get to the big city. I got to get <laughs> away from blank and I got to get to a place where I've got a coffee shop on every corner. Right. Yes. I do love my coffee shops. Um, so I really have been trying to get out of Grand Junction for a long time. Um, and I think it's less about Grand Junction itself and more about just the place I grew up. I wanted Mm -hmm. to get out. I wanted to just establish myself as an adult doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The dream has never been Denver. The dream has always been Nashville, not as a performer, but in kind of the artist support role. Um, But Nashville was not an open door. I have tried many times to knock on that door and God has just been saying either not yet or no. And so I finally hit a point of, I had done college. I had stayed a couple years after college and I had done everything that I could possibly think of to take advantage of Grand Junction. And it was just time to move. And God opened the doors wide for me to be able to move here. Cool. Um, He provided a place to live with some friends that are just renting out their basement to me for a crazy cheap amount. Mm. And I've known them my whole life. And without them, I don't think I'd be able to do what I'm doing. Mm. Um, so it was just time yeah. and God allowed for it. And the whole process has just been knocking on doors and waiting to see what God is going to open up mm-hmm. so I can just walk through and see what the next thing is going to look like. That's cool. That's cool. So then how do you find Fathom? I mean, that's, we asked that question in the hallway, right? To people who are new at our church, but how did you find our little church here in Littleton? Google. (laughs) Man, gotta love me some Google. Like, I think we need to buy some stock in Google or, you know, I don't know how, who, who, is there Google that, can I thank Google? I don't know how to think this, 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 this episode is also brought to you by Google, Blink <laughs> Coffee and Google. So, uh, both on the same, they probably are both traded on the New York stock exchange is my guess. So I don't know about Blink, but definitely <laughs> Google. <laughs> so you just Googled and found yeah. it, found us. Okay. Yeah. So I had actually been coming down about once a month for this 
six months before I moved just to do networking. And I ended up trying out different churches every time I would come, sometimes even multiple churches in a weekend. Mm. Um, And I knew that I wanted to go to a local church, which to me meant within about a 15 to 20 minute drive. And so I was really trying to find something that I felt like I could attach to that was within that amount of time from where I was living. Yeah. And, um, sure. I tried a lot of churches and I liked certain things about most of them. Hmm. There were very few churches where I was just like, never again. Yeah. Um, but yet I did have those experiences too. And so when I came to fathom for the first time, um, I found that I actually knew somebody here. I sat down and, um, felt a tap on my shoulder and it was Brandon Bristol. <laughs> and, um, he our and- only other, I think grand junction resident. Yep. Uh, I think he's a fruit resident though. Yep. So it's like, that's, that's kind of like grand junctions, little brother. So absolutely. It's all connected. We it's just call the it the grand Valley. Oh, that's, that's that, that oversells significantly <laughs> the area, but I like it. Okay. Yeah. There's just too much to wrap in there. Um, But yeah, I knew Brandon from growing up Mm. and I had at least enough trust in where his faith was at to know that like, this could be a legitimate place. Yeah. I might be able to find a home here. So I continued to come here. Yeah. Just seeing, okay, God, what do you, what do you want for me? Mm -hmm. What do you want from me? Yeah. Where do you want to place me? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it was enough to keep me here for a while. Yeah. And so you were here for almost a year before you went on staff. Is that right? Almost a year? Yeah, almost a year. So I started in March. Okay. Um, so attending. you were here for like nine nine months or so. Yeah. Um, so so walk us through, because I asked this of Whisper, and I think this is uh this is an interesting conversation, but walk us through in your mind uh when when we post the job, we're gonna look for you know worship leader. I think we had some conversations about that, but like uh what what in your mind is the shift from okay, this is my church to and now it's my job as well? Like walk walk us through the mental or emotional process that that was for you. Yeah. So I've always volunteered on some level mm-hmm. at church. Um, that's just a part of my family culture. It's part of being part of small church plants my whole life. Um, and so I'm kind of used to it being more than just a show up, get something and leave. Um, but being in a staff role has definitely brought some new elements. I'm definitely, um, trying to stay a little bit more on top of my active prayer life about church things about, I don't know, just a variety of different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's just more responsibility to it. And, um, sure. Some of these Sundays can be a little bit long. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's different from just showing up and leaving. Yeah. Um, but again, being in a volunteer role for so long, that was something I was kind of used to. Um, so I don't, I don't even know how to describe how it's been different. I mean, sure. I've walked through some different things that had to be discerned through of what criteria is going to matter to me when I pick songs, Mm. how am I going to actively pour into 
my team of musicians? Yeah. How do I lead this body well, this um, group of people that God has placed me among? And um, what can I offer to be able to encourage these people? Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so it, you know, you started in January and it wasn't, you know, eight, eight weeks before or 10 weeks maybe before we were like, Hey, guess what? We go, we're going on lockdown and no longer are you a worship leader. I mean, you are still a worship leader, but now you're a, a video recording artist, you know, I mean, in our own silly little way, but, um, what, what was, I mean, when we were on lockdown and we were pre-recording everything, uh, what was that like for you as a worship leader, as a musician, as a staff member? I mean, that, that must've been strange. Absolutely. So I felt like I was just starting to get the hang of everything when that all switched. <laughs> no, it's like perfect timing. So yeah. of course, totally. <laughs> yeah. Just starting to get the hang of scheduling people far enough ad- in advance to where they could make arrangements and, mm. and getting set lists ready in advance. And then everything changed. Um, so yeah, it's weird to play to an empty room. Absolutely. I am so thankful for the many um, empty rooms that I played for with my band back in Grand Junction. Now that's, I mean, that's never fun to do. Mm. Um, like was blink coffee, one of those places just wondering, (laughs) you know, no, Okay, but, um, yeah, there, there were some empty rooms that we played for and it's hard to keep up the energy, especially, you know, even outside of church, Mm. you've got to produce this energy just so that when the random person comes in to go get a drink at the bar, they're coming in to something happening. Yeah. And so it, it taught me how to at least not fully rely on my audience hmm. to help support that energy. It was something I was able to just be able to do yeah. and knowing that it's not going to be the same as if you're playing to a huge crowd. Um, but just keep the main thing, the main thing yeah. of what am I here to do I'm here to be able to lead people in worship. So whether they're in the room or not, that needs to be the focus and the heart set yeah. and the mindset. And worship leading is such a symbiotic thing because you really do. I, I used when I led worship, I used to encourage the church by saying, "You're really my worship leaders." Because like I'm leading you, but but as I watch you worship, you are leading me to want to worship. And so so uh, to, I mean, now that we are kind of back in person, even at a diminished rate, to, I mean, how has that? felt, uh, after coming out of really three months of not ever playing for anybody except for me in the back of the room recording (laughs) you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still tough because everyone has to mask up. Yeah. And so I'm not able to hear those voices Mm -hmm. and see the faces. I can see the rest of the human standing there, but, um, it, in some ways it still feels like I'm playing to an empty room. Um, and that's hard for sure in others. It's so refreshing to have at least eyeballs to (laughs) like connect with, um, and people to chat with before and after the service. Like there's still great ways to be able to connect even with the mask as a boundary. Um, but it still has to be a little bit more of keeping that focus the same, regardless of how much interaction I'm getting from the people that are out there. Totally. Yeah. 
No, that's it. That's a good way to describe it is even even preaching. I, I kind of feel the same thing is it's weird not really being able to see people express. I, I think we really underestimate how much from our noses to our chins, they affect how we read body language and how we read emotional response and all of that. So it's this is a this is a weird gig. Absolutely. Even just recognizing people like yeah. there's some people that are showing up that like I don't recognize and I don't think they're new either. And <laughs> I think it's just a mask thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> during quarantine, I even worked at Chick-fil-A for just a few weeks. Yeah. And I can't say that I would really be able to recognize my coworkers on the street or in a grocery store. Yeah. Unless they were fully in their uniform, had their hair the same way and wore the same masks. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you need a clear mask, but that would be, I think, creepy in the same way. So I get it. Yeah. Well, let's turn from, let's just turn from church stuff then towards, uh, towards just kind of, I don't know, likes, dislikes. I mean, I think everybody just assumes that, that, uh, our whole lives rotate around church. And in a lot of ways it's true. Like it's a very big part of our lives as staff members on, on at a church, but, um, but there's more to Amanda than meets the eye on a Sunday morning with her guitar. So, so what do you like? I mean, just what drives you? What you, what do you love? What fun things? I mean, hobbies, passions, I I don't know, just kind of run us through whatever you want to run us through. Yeah. I mean, I really do think that a lot of my world revolves around people and music, like put those two things together. I am there. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Um, and so I love meeting up with people at coffee shops just because that's an easy environment to go to. But also I do like coffee yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do still work at Atlas Coffee in the Kincaroll area, more specifically Sterling Ranch. Okay. Um, and then I teach guitar lessons actively. I've got yeah. like 10 students right now um, and I'm always looking for others to be able to add to the mix. And that's something I've done since I was 16. Yeah. And I've been through seasons of burnout with that, and I've been able to recover from that to a much more sustainable place. And mm. I don't think I'm ever going to let go of that part of my life yeah. because I, I love people. I love music, but I also love educating Yep. whatever that's going to look like too. Yeah. Um, so, um, what else? I do love adventuring. Okay. And that just looks like a bunch of different things. Um, I had a rock climbing gym membership for a little while. That was fun. Um, I grew up on 35 acres, so I love riding ATVs and riding them around a frozen pond and skidding everywhere or, you know, ice skating. You've got like the Colorado girl sort of thing. Pretty well nailed, you know, coffee, music, the outdoors, climbing, right? I wear Chacos. I drive a Subaru. Yeah. You fit, you fit real well, um, both here and in this state. But then again, you're born and bred, you know, you're, you're a native, you're, you know, you're no transplant. No, no. You can put that sticker on your car with pride. So uh, that's, uh, okay. Just, you know, I've got some follow-up questions here. Number one, uh, talk us, talk to us about coffee. All right. Um, okay. Let me, let me ask this first. Are you a, uh, purist when it comes to coffee, like just black drip, or are you more of a, uh, I like, you know, a latte or I like a flat white or I like a mocha or like, you know, I mean, talk, talk us through this. Cause I think this is a debate that, uh, people can sink their teeth into. 
Yeah. So I'm a variety person. Okay. I just love coffee in all forms. Okay. So today that looked like an iced latte. Okay. And I have to be dairy free. So I chose oat milk. I didn't know that you could milk an oat, but that's it's good very to know. difficult. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do a pour over if I really want to take in all the flavor notes of a special coffee. Um, if I just want something quick and caffeinated, hand me that nitro cold brew. Um, and you've really, you, you, that, you're running the gamut on this one. Absolutely. And yeah. at my shop, we've got so many flavors. So I've had fun coming up with different flavor combinations just because it's another creative outlet. Okay. Um, so that's just super fun for me, even though, yeah, it's going to mask the taste of the coffee and then the type of coffee matters a little less, but it still matters. You still want to have good coffee as your base for whatever you're going to be able to create. See, this is good. This is good now. Now, okay. I guess maybe the next question in that line of thinking is, are you a coffee snob? Like, will you avoid coffee that is quote, not quite as good or bad, we might say. So I would say that I've really only experienced a handful of cups of coffee that I am just not willing to drink. Okay. Um, and I would not call myself a snob, mm. but just sometimes you can, you can just get a really bad cup of coffee and you, it's just <laughs> not worth it. Like, okay. So one time... I was back east and I got a cup of drip coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, which sounds like a terrible decision already, but it tasted like not only the coffee itself after being brewed was burnt, but that the beans had been horribly mistreated. And so just nothing was worth it about that cup of coffee, even though I hadn't slept at all and had just gotten off the airplane or red eye and we were driving up to Maine. Like... It, it just wasn't worth it. You had it. to pass. You had to yeah. pass. It okay. doesn't matter if it's negative four degrees outside. It just wasn't worth it. Okay. Well, I know you won't say it, but I'm going to say you're kind of a snob. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I just happened to drink Dunkin' Donuts this morning, uh, which my palate is not quite as sophisticated as yours. So um, <laughs> it could have been burned. I don't know, but it was hot and it was caffeinated. Um, I guess I've just met so many legitimate snobs. Then I'm like, oh, I'm just not to that level. I can't appreciate that cup of coffee like you can that you just spent an obscene amount of money for. No, and I and I love hear me. I love me some good coffee. Yeah, but I think you're a snob. I think it's okay to be a little snobby on that. Okay, I've got things I'm snobby on, so (laughs) I just won't talk about them on a podcast. Uh, (laughs) Okay, uh, so let me let me ask this. This is the fun question that I asked. Uh, whisper, I'm going to change it up a little bit for you. I asked whisper about uh, a smell that kind of brought her back to a memory or a childhood thing. Uh, but because you're our worship leader, I want to ask about music. So I, I prepped you for this and you said, well, I've got a thousand of these, but uh, I'm going to make you choose at least one for us. But can you think of like a song or an artist or even like, I don't know, a genre of something that um, when you hear it, it brings you back to some particular time in or place in your life. Yeah. Like you said, so many. <laughs> so being raised in the church, 
meant listening to a lot of Christian pop music Love growing it. up. Love so it. DC talk for life, yo. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so much DC talk. Um, and to go deeper into that whole FFH. I don't know what that means, but that's a band. Okay. Um, there's a couple of their albums that it will put me right to doing chores around the house. Okay. Or um, my dad was also a huge John Denver guy. So Love it. like waking up on a Saturday morning to dad doing chores, listening to John Denver blaring throughout the house was mm. a pretty regular occurrence. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's excellent. That is excellent. Uh, I think in your office, we should get you like a John Denver poster or maybe a cardboard cutout or something like that, just to kind of make you feel at home. You know, I don't want you to get too, you know, sad and missing your family and missing Grand Junction. So maybe, I don't know, like some John Denver records or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would, it'd only be a little bit awkward to freak yourself, freak yourself out walking in on a, on a, you know, a John Denver cardboard cutout. I'm sure they've got them somewhere. Probably we're going to, we're going to have to look into that. So yeah, there are some pretty impressive John Denver impersonators out there. Mm. I have actually met one of them mm. and it's kind of scary how much he looks and sounds like John Denver and he can play guitar like mm. John Denver. It's kind of crazy. How do you, how do you get into that? I like I've always no thought idea. about that with Elvis impersonators, but like, okay, maybe there's a big market for Elvis impersonators. A John Denver impersonator? I don't know what the market is for that. He definitely has multiple jobs. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's just like he must have had some sort of crazy dream, some sort of fascination with John Denver and just will not let that dream die. Yep. It yeah. also helps to know the right people, though. <laughs> he has met John Denver's family and they go. just they say the resemblance is uncanny. Hmm. Um, and some yeah. sort of doppelganger creepiness Absolutely. going on. Okay. Yeah, he's actually a really cool guy, even outside of the <laughs> John Denver stuff. But. Okay, well, well, this has turned into a very interesting podcast <laughs> uh, when it comes to the the myriad of topics we've covered. So we're starting to run out of time, but um, but let me let me just ask you this uh, as kind of one final question, Amanda. What's your hope for um for the worship ministry, the the experience of fathom worship uh, for our church. I mean, we're a small church here in Littleton. Like as as our worship leader, what what do you what what's your hope? What's your dream for us, your church? I would say that that just is something that I want to come alongside. Kind of our, I don't know if it's our mission or vision statement about helping people go deeper hmm. in their walk with God. Um, I want to consistently provide biblically sound music that's just going to help cultivate an environment where it's easy to, for your heart to come to that place of worship. Mm, yeah, um, I'm so focused on the heart much more than the outer expression uh, because we can kind of force things to look like they're doing what we want them to do, but really God sees the heart yeah. and I want to help encourage that to be able to worship well. Mm. Um, and I want to be able to protect everyone's hearts too, on some level with making sure that we're not seeing things that are untrue. Mm. I want us to be able to, um, be discerning on some level for ourselves yeah. on that as well. And sure, there's going to be some different beliefs that are going to creep into certain songs and that's, you know, that's a different thing to try and discern through. But overall, I just want to provide consistently 
an environment that it cultivates healthy worship yeah. and the right perspective as we come before the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think just observing you lead our church for the last year and, and change now uh, has, has uh, it's, I think it, it comes through that, that that's your heart behind it. So, so thank you for that. We're, we're glad you're here. I mean, even you're beginning to share some original worship songs with our church and uh, we're just excited, Amanda, to have you on staff, to have you as a part of our Fathom family. Um, And I, I, I think I can, confidently speak for our congregation to say that you're a blessing to us. Uh, so thank you for that. Thanks for spending time with us today. Um, and I, I actually think that we're going to probably, uh, I think Kyle's going to do some more podcasts specifically with you talking about songs, song selection, even talking a little bit behind the songs that you have written and things like that. So, uh, I am looking forward to hearing those as well. Yeah, those are going to be fun. So, well, uh, church, if you uh, do not know Amanda, you need to get to know this gal, uh, buy her a really expensive cup of coffee at some point. Uh, This would be a good thing. Um, But uh, if you're coming to in-person services, say hi to her. You know, she'll be uh, hanging out before and after services, but uh, she is a true blessing to us. So uh, like I already mentioned, we have lots more Fathom Academy stuff coming up uh, in future episodes. I'm going to kind of duck back a little bit as host for these things. And our digital uh, ministry director, Kyle Knight, is going to kind of start running with this this podcast, uh, really just trying to, like we said at the beginning, resource our church to continue to go deeper with God. So um, I'm excited for that. If you do listen to the podcast, uh, please subscribe on whatever your favorite app is. You can always download uh, the the Fathom app at fathomchurch.org slash app. That's where uh, all this stuff will be. But but we're also on iTunes and Spotify and things like that. Um, But uh, next week, uh, I I think Kyle's got some, some, some special stuff for you. So uh, we're going to keep these things coming. So continue to stay connected with us. And if you have any questions, you can always reach us at info at fathomchurch.org. Love you, church. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday. Mm-hmm.